0: To, to become a cup team again. Maybe Mario Lemieux. That is Rob Roski Rossi, excuse me, asking Evgeny Malkin what the Penguins need to become a cup contender. And Gino saying Mario Lemieux. Now, I break it down after you heard it because. It's such a classic Rossi question. The team's on a four-game winning streak, and he's asking what they need to do to become a cup contender. And then Gino, of course, with the hysterical answer. Although, if you put Lemieux in the circle on the power play, they wouldn't be clicking at 17 point whatever percent. They'd be a lot better than that. But I'm actually with Rossi asking that question. Because the Penguins aren't a cup contender this year. Now, let me preface all that by saying, sometimes bleep happens. The Penguins have won three rings with Crosby and Malkin at the helm. Their stars are getting older. The roster isn't deep. It's impossible to be a true contender forever. So, I'm not tossing any blame out there. I'm also not trying to be a buzzkill. I'm trying to help you. And maybe I'm doing this a little for myself, too, as someone who's a Penguins fan, don't be fooled into getting your hopes up that this team can win the cup. Don't do it, folks. They've won four in a row. Yes, they've navigated the toughest part of their schedule. Yes, they've got 15 games left against the lowly Sabres and Devils. They're probably going to make the playoffs. And they might go on a little streak here, too. And that's great. I want them to make the playoffs. Because Crosby and Malkin went together have never missed the playoffs. I want to see that continue, but... Don't allow a string of hot play to get you all gooey-eyed. The Penguins are 23rd in the league on the power play. That's a disaster. They're clicking at just 17%. It's an embarrassment for the talent that they put over the boards every night. They're 23rd on the penalty kill. They've killed just 74% of the penalties then this season. So teams are clicking at 26% against the Pens PK. Now the Penguins franchise record for power play percentage is 26 percent think about that the best the penguins have ever done on the power play was 26.1 percent and this team is giving up goals on the pk at that rate yikes so special teams are bad and yeah anthony angelo scored a goal last night and as madden puts it he doesn't suck but that was against buffalo and we know the fourth line as a whole sucks. So the special teams are bad. It's a three-line team. The goaltending is still a big question mark to me. Jarry was great against the Rangers earlier this week. Saved them two points. His effort on Buffalo's first goal last night was eh, not good. Last year he was an all-star, but then he sucked in the second half. This year he was terrible early on, and he's recovered of late. So if you say you've got faith in Tristan Jarry, it's blind faith. And that's not to say he can't be a really good, consistent goalie. It's just to say that we've yet to see that come to pass. The back end continues to allow too many grade-A chances. The slot was open for multiple chances and a goal last night. Could the Penguins win the division? Sure. Because the schedule is soft. But other teams in the Mass Mutual Eastern Division have flaws, too. So don't be fooled into thinking this is a cup team. You're only going to hurt yourself. They don't have the look. Not deep, bad special teams, questionable goaltending, and an up-and-down defense. Now, eight wins, seven wins against Buffalo would help the Penguins get in the dance, but their flaws are many, and because they are many, they are fatal. 412-333-9939. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The phones are open now for the next hour and a half. Usually we have a guest every hour. Didn't feel like doing that today. So the phones are open for the next hour and a half. It's Friday. We're going to have some fun. Call up and discuss. I'll take your Penguins calls all damn day. 412-333-9939. Again, tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. That guy that beat Goku tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. That snowflake segment was gold. I'm glad you said it. Well, I just get tired of people saying that youngins, that already makes me sound old, but that youngins are all snowflakes, that young people, millennials, Gen X or Z, whatever the frig they're calling it, they're all, we're all the sensitive ones. We're the ones who get butthurt about everything. We're the snowflakes. We're the ones who are promulgating uh, cancel culture. That's not the case. I mean, in some instances it is, but in just as many, there are older people who are getting butt hurt about things as well. Patrick Ewing's a perfect example. Patrick Ewing can't spend 15 seconds finding his ID badge to prove he is who he says he is when walking around Madison Square Garden. And let me just say this again for effect. It's the Big East basketball tournament. There's a whole bunch of really tall people walking around. To know that one's Patrick Ewing when the guy retired in 2002, maybe the security guard's not a basketball fan. Maybe he's just a security guard. It's so stupid that people are caping for Patrick Ewing. But you probably don't care all that much about that. 412-333-9939. Tweet me. At underscore Adam Crowell. Let's go to Joe in Bethel Park first up today. What's up, Joe? Hey, Adam. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. What's my up? Spe- my, so my specific question is how specifically should I calibrate my expectations for the end of the Penguin season? Like, what is the most I can hope for so as not to come away disappointed? Well, I just think they're a playoff team. And anything else to me is gravy. Now, what sucks about that is you're going to be playing the Flyers, or the Capitals, or the Bruins, or the Islanders, and you don't want to see the Penguins lose to any of those teams. There will be, ultimately, if they don't win the Cup, or if they don't come out of the division, and I don't think they'll do either of those things, disappointment. But I thought the expectation coming into the year was to hope for the playoffs, and I thought that was the best they can do. And nothing that I've seen to this point makes me believe that that's not the case. I think this team tops out as a playoff team. Now, Philadelphia's not playing all that great. Boston, they've got some weaknesses. I think the Capitals are painfully slow. So can they win a round? Can they win a couple rounds, maybe? I just don't think they can win four. And that's what you gotta do to win the cup. Four one two, three three three, ninety nine, thirty nine. Let's go to Steele in Blancks next up with the crowd man. What's up, Steele? What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Man, are you completely off? I mean, are you watching any of this hockey that's going on right now? No, I missed all of it. Why do you think I'm off? The last last 15 games, have you, like, not watched anything? I'm wondering when you're going to make an actual point. Have you watched anything? Because you haven't talked hockey once. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're not seeing the uh, Kapanen-Malkin thing that's going on right now. They've been great. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Have you seen and the mean, fourth line? Have you I'm seen the sorry? fourth line? Have yeah, you seen the fourth, fourth line? In the rest of the league? Who Who's the third-line line? center? Is it Teddy Bluger? Are you okay with Teddy Bluger being your third-line center? Dude, he's been playing pretty good lately. I mean, you're not yeah, Teddy Bluger's game. a good player. Are you happy with him as your third-line center? You didn't answer the question. <laughs> Get the hell out right of here. Now. Tristan Jari, the first seven games of the year, had an 8.57 save percentage. Now, Tristan Jari, the last 12 games, had a 9.22 save percentage. Which Tristan Jari is the real Tristan Jari? Last year, prior to the All-Star break, or excuse me, prior to the new year, Tristan Jari had a 9.38 save percentage. He was the best goalie in hockey. Afterwards, 9.01 save percentage. You want to tell me you have any faith that Tristan Jari is going to be a legitimate cup-capable goaltender? Look, I think Tristan Jari could be a good goalie in this league. We're seeing him play great hockey right now. But if you have any evidence that he is more than a guy who is up and down, I'd love for you to share it. Man, Penguins fans have been so blessed, and I am one. I'm wearing a City Crosby jersey right now. I'm in my own house. I just be comfortable. They've been so blessed. We've been so blessed to see teams that are championship caliber, that we always expect our teams to be championship caliber. But I would think that by seeing teams that have won rings, that we would know what it looks like when they can't win one. And Malkin's playing great. And he and Kapanen, they've worked well together. And I don't see any reason why that shouldn't continue. I don't see any reason why Sidney Crosby and his line mates won't continue to have the success they've had. But I don't think that the Tanev, Bluger, Aston, Reese line is going to be able to consistently score enough. And you're not going to win with two scoring lines come the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. The Penguins need to elongate their roster. Now, Rob Rossi, in today's Athletic, opine that maybe the Penguins could go after a guy like Eric Stahl. He's not the player he once was, but my God, Buffalo's a drag on everybody. That would give them a legitimate third-line center. And in that case, then you could play Zucker on his left. Maybe you move Tanev up to play along on the right. Or you could keep the Teddy Bluger, Aston Reese, Tan of line together that's your fourth line things get better if this roster gets added to but I'm not going to believe they're a Stanley Cup contender just because some guy calls up and he's all sorts of irate because the team's played well for two weeks and how well have they really played do they know how to hold a lead because they blew two last night do they know how to blow a lead yeah that they know how to do they did it against Philadelphia And if not for Tristan Jari playing his best period, maybe, of his career, they would have done so against the Rangers on Tuesday. 412-333-9939. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm happy the team's pulling it together. I'm happy that they're trending towards being a playoff team. I just don't see them a cup contender. We'll take Dustin before we do something else. Hello, Dustin. Hey, how's it going? Great. Good. So, you kind of stole my thunder with your last uh, comment, but do you think there are any realistic options as far as trade partners and cap conditions, I guess, that the Penguins could do, even moving the roster around the way it's currently constructed, to make them more of a championship team? Or is there just no chance at all? There, I don't think, are enough moves to make this team championship caliber because all of the things that I said... And I didn't yet bring up the D. And the D still, at times, in its own zone, looks lost out there. Uh, last night gave up a goal right in the slot. Uh, Sidney Crosby, uh, along with the defense, uh, let a player walk the net on the first goal yesterday. Um, in the game where they were holding on to the lead against the Rangers, it was high-quality scoring chance after high-quality scoring chance in the third period, against the Flyers, they were up 3-0 and blew it because they were just an absolute dumpster fire on the defensive side. That guy called up and asked if I've watched them the last two weeks. All those things that I just said, did he? Why would I expect them to get better on the back end? Yes, Brian Dumoulin's back, and that helps, but when they haven't fixed the problems that they've had from game one until right now, because that's where they are. The same problems they had in Philadelphia game one are the problems they're having right now. Now, as for a realistic trade candidate, maybe Eric Stahl. I mean, Rossi doesn't just float things out there without having an idea. He talks to people. The guy that I would like, although it's unrealistic, is Ryan Getzlaff. He's big. Brian Burke likes big. He's a right shot, so I kind of like him on my power play. Plus, he'll play in front of the net. I just don't think they can swing the cap ramifications there, although he is on the final year of his deal. Have you been convinced that the Penguins are cup caliber because they've played better hockey over the last two weeks? I'm happy they're trending in the right direction. I ain't bought that just yet. Your thoughts. 412-333-9939. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. It's been a great show. Phone lines open till 530. 105.9. Need money? A Sporting Goods in Washington buys guns. Top dollars paid. This report is sponsored by Allstate. Avoid 28 if you can't. Family play. Affair. The X at 105.9. Malkin is hot. The Crosby line is doing what Crosby's line does. The Zach Aston Reese, Blueger Tanev line has been good all year. And the Penguins are winning games. They've won four in a row. They're in a playoff position. They've got an easy schedule down the stretch, comparatively to their foes in the Mass Mutual Eastern Division. I think they'll make the playoffs. I'm thrilled about that. But I don't think that they're a Stanley Cup contender. And I love the guy in the last segment who calls up and goes, Do you watch a games, man? And I ask, Do you? Because if you watch the Penguins, and you think that this is a championship-caliber defense, you don't know hockey, you never knew hockey, and you probably don't have any hope of learning hockey. This defense has been putrid. Brian Dumoulin helps, but do you think Mike Matheson's just going to, what, turn into Lindros? John Marino ain't figured it out this year, having a terrible sophomore season. I just don't see it on the back end. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Let's go to Mike in the North Hills. You're on with Crowley. What's up, man? Hey, man. What's going on today? Hey, you uh, tell me? my two cents about the my two about the Penguins. You took a little bit of thunder out. Let's talk about Marino. Uh, yeah, sophomore jinx. I hope that's all it is with him. Uh, A lot of mistakes I've seen with him this year. Pedersen is not, to me, is not playing caliber that he should be playing. So you're right about the back end. Uh, They're a little slow. Dumoulin coming back will help once he gets back into true game shape, not uh, what he is now. With Jari, this is just an overall question. Is it not the goalies? They didn't have a training camp. Is it taking the goalies in the league longer to – Get into game shape than what the regular players are? Well, not for Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, see, the thing is, everybody's going to deal with the break different. Uh, Some guys it's going to help. Some guys it's not. Uh, I'm not sure, honestly, as it relates to Tristan Jari. Tristan, last year, started really hot. And then he faded in the second half of the year. Tristan started terribly this year and has ratcheted it up in the last 12 games or so. My wonder isn't about anything relating to COVID or, or the extra-long break with four games in between. It's Is he just young and inconsistent? Carter Hart, I think, is going to be a star in this league. But he's not played well at all for Philadelphia right now to the point where Brian Elliott's getting run. That's never a good sign when you have to play Brian Elliott more. So maybe it's just a young goalie thing going on with Tristan Jari. Maybe it's the same thing going on with Carter Hart. But I can't say that I have a lot of faith in Tristan Jari being a great NHL goalie because I haven't seen him do it consistently. And I don't think that that's unfair criticism. I'm just going by what we've seen thus far. He could prove me wrong if he keeps playing this way and he plays this way for the rest of the year. Then that's great. But I think we're going to see some ups and downs because that's what we've seen out of Tristan Jari to this point in his career. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine four one two three 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 W X D X. Another reason why the Penguins just aren't championship caliber unless they fix these things. They're just not scoring on the power play enough. And I know they went one for two last night. And the second one looked great. What a shot from Jake Gensel. Every single Buffalo Sabre was looking at Sidney Crosby behind the net. And Jake Gensel did what he does. Finds a spot. And by the time they all got their heads around. Snipe back in the net. But the first power play was dreadful. And it's not just that the percentage is bad. It's that when it's bad, it's bad. They don't score, they don't take advantage of opportunities, but also they sap all of their own momentum by being so dreadful at times on the power play. 17%. Far too often they just flat out stink. Now again, the schedule is soft as baby poo. Maybe the numbers start to come up. Although Buffalo, for all their faults, actually has a pretty decent PK with that Jake Gensel goal notwithstanding. But... I'm not seeing it right now. We haven't even talked about the PK. The PK, it's just a disaster. And a lot of that has to do with bad numbers from earlier in the year when Tristan Jari was not playing his best. And Casey DeSmith is just a guy. We'll see if those numbers can turn around. But if you've got two scoring lines and you're bad on special teams and your goalie is up and down, again, it's not a championship team. That's not a team that should be playing in a parade route in June or July or August, whenever the hell they're doing the thing this year. Enough of the negative. I do think they'll make the playoffs. I love Kapanen and Malkin together. And how can he not? That's not a new opinion. That's not something you're not hearing elsewhere today, but Kapanen has a lot better hands than Carl Hagelin. So don't crush me for this comparison. But his speed is such a difference maker on the forecheck We saw that turnover he forced last night. He's just relentless. And how much do you hear Mike Sullivan talk about being hard to play against? It's not just big and strong dudes who are going to hit you into Nova Scotia that make you, quote-unquote, hard to play against. It's the guys that just dog you for 20 minutes a night. Since Kapanen got sat down, he's been dogging teams for 20 minutes a night on that second line. He and Malkin are working great together. Off the rush, they've been excellent. They've used their improv talents to be great on the cycle. As Colby Armstrong brought up earlier on in the show, uh, they're supporting each other when the other one's got the puck. They're playing close together on the rink, and they're playing off of each other really well. They've found a chemistry. They both force a ton of turnovers when they're on. So I love those two together. And I love that the Penguins actually have a productive second line. Capitan seems to be good for at least one breakaway a game. Can you believe that they were able to not just tread water, but also keep their head above water without the Malkin line doing anything for half of this season thus far? It's crazy. It's not that big of a mystery why they're playing well right now. Jari's played great 12 games. Malkin's got 14 points in those 12 games. Kasperi capitan has been hot. Malkin's got 9 points in 6 games. And Crystal Tang's played better. Sometimes sports are complicated. Sometimes sports aren't. 412-333-9939. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. If you want to disagree with me on the Penguins' cup contention status, you can do so there. But there's a stealer other than Juju that's not coming back. And we'll probably find out as soon as Monday. I'll tell you who that is and how I know next. Crowley, in 105.9. This report is sponsored by Allstate. Cloudy tonight. Expect an overnight low of 27 degrees. Lots of sunshine for our Saturday. Look for high at 49. Dump. But do go on. The X at 105.9. Crowley in for Madden. This just in. Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez break up. They call off their two-year engagement. So I guess someone else will be giving j a rod. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Ian Rappaport says the Steelers have a 10% chance at signing Juju Smith-Schuster. There's a 0% chance it happens, guys. Juju's not a number one. In order to pay Juju what he thinks he's worth and what other teams would pay him on the market, you would need to pay him as a number one. The Steelers draft wide receivers better than any team in the NFL. They've got three good ones. As we sit here today, it just it doesn't add up. They've also never paid receivers apart from Hall of Fame caliber players like Hines Ward and Antonio Brown. Ian Rappaport says 10%. It's 0%. 412-333-9939. Let's go to Paul in Chicago. Hello, Paul. Hey, crowd man. Great to hear you today. You loved the A-Rod joke, didn't you? Excellent. Go A-Rod. on. Hey, Rod. Uh, anyway, feedback on this potential trade of which uh, the salaries work both ways. Penguins get Gibson, either Getzel or Henrique. I'm not sure Getzel would come to the Berg on a, uh, uh as a rental. Plus a second round draft pick, which in, in effect be a late first because the Ducks duck suck so bad. In return, the Penguins give up Jari, Zucker, Pedersen, Goodbye, Paul. Look, why in the world would the Ducks want to give up on Johnny Gibson? Why would they want to do that? Now, I brought up Getzlaff earlier, who I believe this gentleman from Chicago uh, Chicago, uh, actually called Gensel. He's at the end of his contract. I just don't see it happening from a cap perspective, and I'm not going to sit here and try to play the second-round pick game either. Uh, I don't think the Penguins, let's answer it this way, are going to make a blockbuster deal at the deadline. I think one is in the future coming up. I mean, the near future. If you think about Ron Hextall and Brian Burke and what they were brought here to do, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a blockbuster move or two To help the Penguins now and in the future happen this offseason. It's easier to do such a thing then. Especially when you have to understand the Penguins' system. And you have to understand uh, the players that are on the National Hockey League Club. And Burke and Hextall have only been watching the team in their respective roles for about a month now. So I don't think you're going to see a blockbuster deal happen during the season. That's how I should answer it. Now, could they move a player for a player? Could they move... A pick for a player, probably not a high pick? Yeah, sure. But I, I don't see anything in the blockbuster variety happening during the season. Not with the way the Penguins are structured and with how Hextall and Burke came to power. Dean tweets, at underscore Adam Crowley, A-Rod joke made me laugh out loud. A-Rod's got a history of this, right? He was with the chick from Grey's Anatomy. And he's with J-Lo. A-Rod has done very well for himself. J-Lo is not one that I would want to walk away from, though. And I would imagine, yes, he is uber, mega, ginormous rich. But I would imagine she's walking away from him. Because she's effing J-Lo. Results may vary, tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. LOL, A-Rod, that's funny bleep right there. I'm dead. That's a mic drop. Can we just end the show? Tom, are we allowed to end the show? I don't think we're allowed to end the show. Let's go to Brandon in Indiana. Hello, Brandon. Yeah, you don't want to end the show, man. I got some good for you, buddy. Let's hear it. All right, so when you talk about the 4-5 of the Penguins, typically they get about, what, three to five minutes per game, if that. So last night, you know, you saw they got about seven to ten minutes, not including their penalty kill. But the thing is, is that, Whenever the Penguins won the Stanley Cups in their years, how much did they use their fourth line? Because the third line was the biggest thing in their cycle and everything with Jordan Stahl and Matthew Koch and all that kind of stuff. So, Well, okay. That- I understand where you're going with this, and thank you for the call. In 2009 in particular, the Penguins were so dominant on special teams and their top two lines were so good, and their third line with Jordan Stahl was so good. That, yeah, you didn't need a great fourth line, right? Because they were so dominant in other areas. In 2016, yeah, the third line was outstanding. And then Crosby and Malkin each chipped in and did-ish what they do. But you had Eric Fair score a huge goal against the Washington Capitals in Game 3, I want to say it was, of that series. Might have been Game 2, actually. You had Matt Cullen score a huge goal for the Penguins in game three against the New York Rangers. So you need guys who can chip in on the fourth line. Tom Kuhnhackel was a really good penalty killer. He was on the Penguins' fourth line. I thought Carter Rowney played a really good game seven against Washington in 2017. The point is, you need guys to be able to chip in. And Mark Jankowski, to me, is not that guy. They played better last night. You're not wrong. And Anthony Angelo looks like he's not totally useless, which is a development for that fourth line. But Colton Sevier, two games ago, he pokes the puck right out in front of the net, and we didn't see the Rangers capitalize on it, or, or excuse me, I think it was Philadelphia capitalize on it, but I wanted to puke it was such a bad giveaway. Right, those things can't happen. We saw Lafferty allow the odd man break with a terrible pass at the top of his own zone the other night. Like, you need a fourth line that's going to chip in from time to time, and then one that's also not going to kill you. And the problem is with the Penguins, they haven't had much chip in, and they haven't had much not killing of themselves with that fourth line. It's a huge, huge weakness. Now, Mike Sullivan showed last night that if they do have a pulse, that he's willing to put them out there for back-to-back shifts, and he's going to fold them into that rotation, and he'll roll four lines if they play well. But I'm not going to allow one game against Buffalo to make me think that that fourth line is one that can be counted on. Now, in games against Buffalo and New Jersey, hey, give the big-time guys a rest, that's great. But if they want to be a legit contender, and I'm talking about for the whole kit and caboodle, you need a fourth line that's going to chip in, not unlike what I said with the Penguins in 09, 16, and 17. 412 nine. Four one two three 99 39. WX the X. David B does tweet me. He says, I don't get the A-Rod joke. Please explain further. Sure. No problem at all. A-Rod and J-Lo broke up. So now somebody else is giving her A-Rod. I'll now give the number again. 412-333-9939. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I guess love is just dead. A-Rod and J-Lo can't make it. Although Prince Ginger and Meghan Markle seem to have gone through a lot and are still together. So good for them. You know what? Maybe Love's just a wash this week. More of whatever this is. You know what? No. Because I teased that I was going to tell you that there's a Steeler that's not coming back other than Juju, and I didn't do that. You know what? We'll do it when we return. There's a Steeler that's not coming back other than Juju. I'll tell you who it is. Crowley. In for Madden. Now we're having fun. 105.90X. Yo, this is Mark Madden, and I just checked in with my friends at Wright Nissan in Wexford in person. That's how you'd me my cake and eat me too. The X at 1059. Would you ride down the road with that Golden Retriever? You call a woman and talk to her? Huh? Would you go fishing? Would you sit in the corner bar with all the other rednecks drinking beer, talking about being the champ? Come on, pal. That is the Daily Flare. It is not sponsored, but it could be you. You could be sponsoring the Daily Flare, Except no one sponsors it, I've been told. Look at me trying to make Madden money, and I've been told they don't want to make money off of it. But I guess that'd be anti flare Let Flair speak for himself. Foot right in mouth. My bad. Jeez. Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez broke up. Guess somebody else will be giving her... A-Rod, 412-333-9939, tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I've now teased, leaving the last two segments, that the Steelers are going to lose out on another free agent not named Juju Smith-Schuster, and the fantasy Yinzer tweets, if this insider info about another Steeler not coming back is Connor dot dot dot. No, James Conner is not going to come back. There was a market for Mark Ingram. I imagine there will be a market for James Conner. But it's actually Mike Hilton. He's gone, folks. His Twitter account is a never-ending countdown to March 17th. That's the start of free agency in the new league year. Mike Hilton is going to get paid. He's a versatile slot defender. He's among the best blitzing corners in the league. So say goodbye to our little friend. Can't do the accent. I've tried. If I could, maybe I could get J-Lo. It's a bummer because Mike Hilton's a good player. He's a useful chess piece for Keith Butler. They need to get something done with Cam Sutton. Because if they lose both Sutton and Hilton, who's going to play slot? And all of a sudden, the Steelers' defense will be without a starter. Because if you ain't looking at your nickel corner as a starter, you ain't paying attention to football in 2021. The Steelers for, as well as they've done identifying players in the secondary and free agency and in the trade market, they've left a lot to be desired when drafting those guys. Like Mike Hilton was a free agent pickup. He was cut by the Patriots. They did a good job identifying a pro and knowing that he could be a pro even longer. They did a good job of knowing that Steven Nelson, they could have him on a bargain. Uh, They went out and got Joe Hayden after the Browns cut him. They've done a good enough job identifying those guys. But they don't have the cash, I think, to spend on a free agent that's not already in-house. And they haven't done a great job in the draft. Cam Sutton was a hit, in my opinion. But Artie Burns, Senquez Golson, Sean Davis, not so much. Terrell Edmonds has been okay, though at times not so great. So, fairly or not, I'm not excited about Justin Lane. He doesn't profile as a slot corner in terms of his body size anyhow, so I'd rather keep Cam Sutton than draft a replacement. Here's hoping the Steelers get it done, but Mike Hilton is as good as gone. You wouldn't count down to free agency if you were going to leave. It it wouldn't happen, now. If you were going to stay, excuse me. You would only do so if you're going to leave. Like I said earlier on in the show, if you know all you're getting is a lump of coal or an orange for Christmas... You're not counting down all the days on your Lenten calendar. If you know you're getting a PlayStation 17 or whatever the hell they got these days, you're probably counting down to Christmas. Mike Hilton knows he's about to get paid. A lot of shows are doing this year in review, look back where we were a year ago, yesterday and and today thing, and I think it's stupid. You know what I like to look back on? College. Booze, parties, sex, drugs, rock and roll, baby. I'll save the nostalgia for things that are worth reminiscing about, but I'll tell you something I did learn during the pandemic. Just how much I love sports. Because I've always been obsessed with sports and box scores and watching games and all that since I've been a kid, but I've always been cynical about it. Like, in the grand scheme of things, what does it all actually mean? The Mountaineers lose a football game on Saturday or the Penguins lose in the playoffs. That always sucked in the moment. Then you wake up the next day, your wife's there, you got your kid. Life goes on, and that's great. But I really learned what sports meant when we didn't have them. Because this was the worst year of my life. Yours, too, I'm sure. My grandma passed away. Dad underwent a heart transplant during COVID times. That's scary. Had a newborn baby, so we spent a lot of time locked up protecting her. Good friends and family got the virus. Sports are a distraction. Win or lose. The Penguins have a game every other night to take your mind off things. The Pirates blow but at least they play every night at 7.05. Steelers Sundays gave, a, gave us four hours to get angry about something other than the dire circumstances of the surrounding world. The first few months of this crap, I was doing a sports show, and there weren't any sports. Now, it was a fun challenge, but it was exhausting. And at night, I just wanted to kick, kick back and you know watch a game, but it wasn't there. It's all so fragile, but, cynic that I am, I can now admit That sports hold an even bigger place in my life than I thought before. Because without them, without that distraction in the midst of a pandemic, things look bleak. When we got hockey back, that changed my demeanor. It instilled some level of normalcy. It gave me something to do when I didn't want to think. So here's to you, sports. I'll never take you for granted again. Although one funny reminiscing story. When Madden, Saverin, Pursuit of Benz and I were doing the great Pittsburgh sports debate, the night before the pandemic took off. It was actually the night that Rudy Gobert got the sports world shut down. I went to the John at Tequila Cowboy take a peaski. And when I came out, everyone in the bar, probably like 300 or so people, were staring at these big giant screens saying that sports had been canceled. It was on the bottom line. And some guy in the way back at the room screams, while well, everyone else was dead silent. I swear to God. They got Tom Hanks! They did get Tom Hanks. Never forget. 4 1, two, 333, 9939. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The NHL is back on ESPN. I've got a quick take on that. Plus more. Next, back in 30, 1059. Tomorrow night, the fans square up against the Sabres. And he smoked him like a bad cigar. Game time is set.